Hey guys, welcome back to the Undercover Nerds Podcast. Uh, I'm Robert. I'm Belle, and I'm still upset about Pira. <laughs> I'm Tammy. <laughs> so if you didn't listen to last week's episode, or if Belle's statement didn't give it away, we're talking about Ruby again. Uh, Tammy, you wanted to jump back to Ruby and how people say she is a bad main character. Yeah, okay, so I get it. She didn't, she, yeah, she doesn't get a lot of on-screen um, character development, I get that. But at the same time, her character development is actually pretty subtle. Yeah. And I, I like that because it makes it more realistic. Yeah. The, the other I, thing that... I don't know if they intended that or not, but... I... I don't know. I, I, I really don't. I, um... I know that they do their best when they're writing to get in the mindset of each character that they write for. Like, they even say, like, they have different methods. Like, for Weiss, they'll listen to a lot of classical music. They they try really hard to understand the characters when they're writing them. Um, yeah. The, one of the things that people, like, jump down Ruby's throat about is that she didn't ask Ozpin enough questions about her eyes and her mom and how it all ties into Salem. And people were like, what are you doing? Like, you're the leader. You should be asking more questions. But I think Ruby is like, yo. There's a lot. Yeah, there's... My Other, friends just died. Yeah, there's there's more shit to worry about than like my mom and my silver eyes. Like that's not yeah. what's super important right now. Exactly. It's not like if she, what is he gonna tell her about her silver eyes? Really, you know, like you have them, and it activates at this time, like a that high time of stress or whatever the fuck. I, I think people are saying that if she had asked, maybe she would be able to control it better, but there's no, no guarantee that. No, that is not something, like, if she just activated it after she found out that Pira died, there's no way that she'd be able to act about it, activate it, like, on will again just from asking Osmond. That is so yeah. dumb. She it, has other shit to worry about right now. Not to mention, it seems to be implied that it puts a lot of strain on her body. So it's not something she should be using willy-nilly anyway. Um, she was... I think they said she was asleep for two weeks after she used it the first time. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the fuck? I don't know. Um, People are so fucking... And and I, I don't want to... Uh, it's like what you said last night, Robert. And no offense to our listeners, but if you do not... If you're not a storyteller... And if you don't write stories of your own and you don't analyze, you know, stories the way that we have to, then it's just not, then, you know, you don't know what thought process goes into each character and their, and their reason for doing things. Honestly, I think that the characters are much better from when they were, like I said, because Montiel wasn't much of a storyteller. He was great at visuals and fight choreography, yeah. but he wasn't much of a storyteller. Oh, That's absolutely. why, you know, when he was doing Red vs. Blue, he didn't have anything to do with the fucking story. Yeah. He just did the fight choreography. Like, I don't know. Well, while, I, while we're on the topic of Montiel, um, I, I will say that I, I recognize that I'm generally an easy person to please when it comes to media. I don't, I don't tend to look deeply into something when I'm critiquing it unless it, someone asks me and then I'll think more about it and come up with something. But I, I do think it's a little unfair for so many people to 
fault Rooster Teeth and Ruby as a show for not making up with their fight choreography because they lost their lead anime. They lost the creator of the show, the guy who animated it. Uh, I, and I, I get that that's not necessarily an excuse, but I do think it's a little unfair to fault them so heavily for lacking in that regard when they lost the guy who was doing it. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I think that what they, they seriously need to do is take a step back and go back and watch Montiom's fi- uh, like dead fantasy stuff, watch the original Ruby trailers, watch the, the fight choreography that he had in the show when he was alive and animating it. Yeah, and they, I don't they think that they try. did that enough because they're trying to rush through this too too much. Yeah, they, it's like you said, they didn't even finish like writing the fucking fifth yeah, season. They, they said before season, season five they started started. animating. I mean, yeah. producing it. Yeah, um, I don't know. I uh, I keep saying this, but the volume six trailer looks a little more hopeful. The the fight choreography choreography in the volume six trailer definitely looks better than it had in the the past two seasons um and they they do say that they they have like bits of animation that monty had like before he passed and they try to pepper that throughout the show um but and they they absolutely shouldn't use it as an excuse like they they need to be hiring people who are good fight choreographies they need to because they use mocap they need to be doing everything they can to you know, make up for his loss. I'm just saying it's a little unfair to fault them so harshly for that. Yeah. I mean, like, their their fight choreography is not horrible. I never said that. No, no. You know, like, and I don't, I don't fault them for that. I do say that, but I do recognize intensely that his stuff was just so much better. Yeah. Because he knows what are the good cues to slow down and how to slow it down and when they should have that draw and when to go quick but it seems that like the animators the current animators for the fight choreography just want everything fast and then they like slow it down at certain moments but it's like it's so slowed down that it's goofy yeah and it's just like no that's not how he does it the way that he does it is he slows it down just enough for and he like it's usually a pulled out slowdown too. It's usually not a close up slowdown. If he I'm I was watching I was I was watching the other the the original trailers, but like when he slows down, it's like a it's like a drawback and then bam and it go and you go and it's like I mean it's contact. I don't know. It's yeah. it's hard to explain. He has a good rhythm. I mean he in was his he was passionate about that stuff. He he thought about fight scenes and he he literally thought about fight scenes in terms of like video game combos like he just he had a way of going about choreographing that uh choreographing choreographing that i just i don't think the other people think that way um i i mean when he passed like people were unsure if it was even gonna continue to season three like there was no one was really sure Um, yeah i remember that uh i mean hell they 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 shut down the channel for i think two days uh, the the day that he he died, um, it's just so sad. Yeah, he had a wife too. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I think they, I think they're certainly trying, um, but it, it couldn't it couldn't hurt to do a little more. I think it's just research. 
that they're lacking, honestly. Like you said. Um, uh, but I wanted and to... And you go back and watch some actual kung fu movies. Yeah. And watch some Jackie Chan movies, because he... You know, his... All these... The Chinese kung fu movies, not the American shit, because you want to see contact. Yeah. I, I did want to talk about Oscar for a little bit, because we started talking about his character last night and then we got sidetracked by something I don't remember what it was um, uh, I forget you, you were saying something about why you didn't like his character or that he was just kind of boring was that it? he's extremely boring Yeah. Um, he's extremely boring he's basic as fuck and then like and I know that you, you had addressed this with me last night but like it still doesn't make it okay like they they basically so basically like they gave him this when they did his intro they showed that he was a farmhand which honestly took way too long if you show if you literally show this kid who's just like i don't know shoveling fucking hay and then getting bales of water or pails of water i mean um then that's enough to show that he's a farmhand. Yeah. And then he, like, goes through this whole thing with Osman, which was kind of like, oh, okay. You know, it, it was such a basic reaction to what was going on. And then, like, and he was so adamant about being like, no, fuck you, I'm not going. And then suddenly, and this was in that video that was that showed the flaws in, in Oscar's character... But like, suddenly, like, what that that scene, he was so adamant about not going to Mistral, and then suddenly, the next scene we see him, he's walking. Yeah, I. So what I said last night when we were talking about this is that, personally, I think what happens after he chooses to accept Osman's offer is not as important as what's shown. Though I do, I definitely agree that it was sudden. Um, and what I meant by that is he is a very boring character. He's very, he's very white bread. And it's, it seems to be implied that at some point his consciousness is going to start disappearing as Ozpins becomes more apparent. Uh, and I feel like for that to have a bigger impact, the impact that they're probably wanting, they need to do a better job of making us care about Oscar because as of right now, like I don't, I don't hate him by any means, but he's just kind of there. Um, yeah. They, they definitely need to start doing a better job of making him a more likable sounds harsh but just a, a more prominent dynamic character, character. Yeah. They, they someone need... that we'll actually give a fuck about when he when he disappears or if he disappears yeah um yeah but I okay that I'm sorry I know I keep on going back to this but that's just bad storytelling you can't have a character unless, like, you show... You can't have a character make a decision off-screen unless you show the moment that he, you that he starts to at least dawn upon, upon the idea of going. He didn't even... He was so stubborn with Ospin about it, about leaving. And he even was still thinking that Ospin was a fucking hallucination. Mm-hmm. And then, suddenly, he's, he's going... He, there was no lead up 
to that fucking moment. There was no, there, there wasn't even a moment of like, like of Ozpin being like, you know, the world's going to die if you don't do something. And, and all, all that would have taken was a little, a little jump and this wide eyed look like, oh shit, he's right. Or, oh shit, he might be right. Or, oh shit, maybe I'm not going crazy. I you think, know? I think part of the problem is that I feel like Oscar in in some ways represents the the viewers. Um, and we as the viewers know Ospin isn't necessarily trustworthy. He 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 doesn't lie per se, but he doesn't tell everybody all the facts of the situation and he's Dumbledore. Yeah, he, he intentionally keeps secrets and we don't necessarily know if he's even a good guy yet like everything he's done thus far has been in the best interest of the characters we follow but he seems to be working for his own agenda that we're not aware of as of yet and oscar being someone that somewhat represents the audience to a degree like for us to know that he's untrustworthy and for oscar to like you said so suddenly uh nice nice cross shot tammy for him to so suddenly just accept this without us seeing why or how that happened it's it's very it's jarring yeah i i don't know i just i think that this, that's just poor storytelling mm-hmm. period i mean there's just no excuse for it really yeah um but yeah you're you're also right too though like he is a flat character he's if if he is going to disappear we do need to care about him the thing with oz is i think that they are going the dumbledore route like he doesn't tell the full truth he's not actually a bad character he's just he's so old and he's got so many secrets that it's kind of like well you know he's not just gonna spill them all at once you know like Like, he's it's I think he's. he's I think Osmond's supposed to be played off as really wise, actually. Yeah, I mean he's he's based on Oz the Great and Powerful. Um, yeah. I, it's it's implied that he's, I think at least a thousand years old, like he's. Yeah. Um. And I will say, with characters like that, it's not uncommon for them to. I guess lose track again with the crotch shots, Tammy. I'm sorry, I'm trying to look for my, my goldfish. It's okay. fine. Um, it's not uncommon for them to lose lose track of their moral code. I swear I'm wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Not PG, kids. Not it, PG. <laughs> it's, it's not uncommon for characters like that to lose track of their moral code, even in less serious shows. It, Adventure Time did it with Marceline. Like, she isn't a bad character, but she's been alive for thousands of years and as such has kind of lost track of what quote-unquote being a good person is um but you know ho- i think he just knows and he's just like not the, the way that i see osmond is that he he's patient with people because he has to be mm. but he's because he's filled with so much knowledge and he knows so much and like he's been transferring from body to body so much like he's kind of tired of he seems being... jaded being like overly patient you know um he wants to get shit done and he's been dealing with salem's fucking ass for too long yeah um so not to not to switch gears suddenly but i just remembered i wanted to talk about this um and bell you haven't gotten here yet 
but you're gonna want to. Can we talk about how fucking cute Ren is as a kid? Yeah! <laughs> He's so adorable. <laughs> Him and Nora. All right, we, we talked about this last night too, but like Nora is another character who initially, if you hated her, I couldn't blame you for it. She had no purpose. I initially outside. hated her. Yeah, she had no purpose outside of being the fast talking strong one in Team Juniper. And then in season four, she had plot relevance. She got a lot of character development and her and Ren like had a huge arc in that season. And it was really, it was really awesome. Uh, and Nora became a much more likable character. Her personality was toned down a bit. Um, but god damn it, they're so cute when they they're are kids. Cute. <laughs> like, they're so cute. And I love how, like, Ren is so grounded, but, like, Nora grounds him even more. Yeah, they, they really like, balance each other crazy. out. crazy. Yeah, they do. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. Although, I will say one thing. I'm not a big fan I'm not a fan at all of Nora's character design. I think she could have been done better. She she still comes off as... It's confusing because she comes off as a girly character. And that's not to say that she isn't per se, but it doesn't fit the stuff that she does. Like every, I think the contrast is fine. I just... I don't know. I hate her hair. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of do too. Oh my god. Uh... <laughs> it's just so ugly. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm like so that I, hair was never cute. It wasn't cute. I don't in the sixties or seventies, and it's not cute now. <laughs> I don't remember who said this. It might have been Veronica when we went to go. We went to go watch um the volume five premiere when it was playing in theaters. Uh, but Ren's dad, his eyebrows are man. Those are some good eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm a guy, so I don't usually care about stuff like that, but Ren's dad had some good eyebrows. Yo, Ren's dad was a dilf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. All right, Belle, look up a picture of Ren's dad. Look it up right now. I almost choked on my cheese it Oh, like, my God. Uh, Belle, you're going to agree 100%. Like, this may as well be my catchphrase. I'm not gay, but Ren's dad. You say that a lot. It, if I had a catchphrase, it'd be that. Um, Listen, from the start of oh wait, all the fuck. characters, I have to look it up on my. I phone. was always into Ren and Crow. Ren and oh, you mean individually? Yeah, <laughs> I mean I know that Ren's like fifteen, but I mean well, his design si doesn't look fifteen. Sixteen. So. I I think at this point, everyone uh, of the main cast, uh, everyone aside from Ruby, is probably seventeen. Ruby, I think, is sixteen. Yeah. It's Hanzo. Um, yeah, no. Red Han is fucking yeah. beautiful. It's it's Hanzo. Yeah. All right. <laughs> he, he, tell tell he's he is good looking. Look at that man. Look at him. He is it's Hanzo. Oh. I'm just gonna look up Hanzo. His dad is named Hanzo. Are you serious? That's probably Shut why. You, that's probably why you I'm like just, him. I'm just gonna look at Hanzo because I I like. Oh look at that. Uh, oh uh, my god! If you look up Red's dad, Ruby, literally the first. <laughs> No, I'm, just, I'm looking. I'm looking at Overwatches. I'm looking at Overwatches, Hanzo, because uh, that's a fine piece of man meat right there. Oh my goodness. Hanzo's Han <laughs> Hanzo. It's Hanzo's head photoshopped on his dad's 
head. Oh my it's goodness. Funny, basically. I mean, there's a there's a lot of similarities between the two of them, and I'm sure that was intentional. It's a scary. Like his his dad is even an archer. Like they're yeah. They're, it's a scary amount of similarity. Their hair is kind of similar. It's extremely similar. Yeah, like, that, the same character. That had to be intentional. Um, there's so much like Hanzo and Ren fan art yeah. of like and I'm, Ren being like dad and he's like I ain't show dad I feel like, like <laughs> I feel like in any other any other circumstance people would be like hey that's you know you can't do that like ripping off another character but I think it's it's okay if I don't remember the exact law but I think if it's like a character that isn't going to be reoccurring it's more acceptable and well we know that Ren and Nora are orphans so we mm -hmm. knew that his dad wasn't going to be around for very long I mean it <laughs> I didn't pay attention too much yeah. to what Nora was saying Nora, in the Nora, first few seasons. So. Nora, a couple, and, and again, like, I almost feel like it was intentional that you were meant to ignore her because she very casually drops some stuff about their backstory, about her and Ren knowing each other for a while and the fact that they're orphans, but you just don't pay attention to Nora before season four. You don't have a lot of reason to. Uh, so, Ren is a beautiful soul and a beautiful man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, Y'all are some thirsty bitches. I, I almost feel like they make Ren intentionally sad as a character, because I mean, there's there's the fact that he was voiced by Monty Ohm initially, and then just his backstory is particularly, it's, it's not happy. Yeah, no, he um, he's pretty. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I can't like, and whatever. Okay, and. I know, like I said, I was like, I'm starting to ship him and Nora, which I do ship him and Nora. I mean, they're, and they're all but canon. They are canon. Yeah. Yeah, but you can still, I mean, you still ship them if they're canon. Yeah. So, but, oh my god, play of the game, Lee Ren. <laughs> oh my goodness. Shit, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> play of the game, Ren's dad. <laughs> oh, what, the, what was I, what I have to say? I'm sorry, I'm done. No, no, it's fine. I, I gotta, I gotta retrace my mental steps to remember what I was gonna say. Um, well, while you think of that, I'm gonna say, Nora. Honestly, like, yes, I started out hating her. I really hated her. Actually, I thought she was one of the most annoying motherfuckers in the show. But now, I like her. And honest, but as a child, she did not have that flip out. So that means that she fucking does it herself and she needs to someone needs to tell her to stop it looks so bad I'm she sorry. she all right <laughs> um and uh, honestly I, uh i think that ren is the submissive one in the relationship i'm um, gonna do it say that right now <laughs> i mean between mulan and thor who do you think would be the submissive one <laughs> um don't, don't give me that look uh, I will say, I think the writers of Ruby, with the exception of Blake, because they do the opposite with her, they do a decent job of making you like characters that were otherwise hated. Because both Weiss and Nora, like, I didn't care, and Jean initially too, I didn't, I didn't care for them when the show started, and as, like, they grew, like, Weiss is actually one of my favorite characters now. She really grew on yeah, me. Yeah, I told you she's one of mine too now. Her and Yang. She she really grew on me as a character because she stopped being a whiny, spoiled brat. Um, oh yeah, no. Her, 
her character and this is why I tell you Bella you need to give them the rest of the show a chance because Weiss becomes honestly one of the best characters in the show honestly because like and I, I think it's because she makes the biggest change out of all of them. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, Jean goes through a really big change too, but I think Weiss, with her going from this spoiled, entitled brat to like someone who defies her parents, she literally, my, oh my God, she called out that one bitch in oh, the middle of the party, yeah, and that was she, amazing. So Weiss has one of my favorite moments in volume. Volume four, um, where they're at they're at a party that's supposed to be a yeah. fundraiser for. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're raising funds for, for uh, for Beacon, um, uh, and like this is this is when like Weiss has gone back home and her dad is still kind of manipulating her and controlling her and like, he basically told her you cannot fight anymore. You are to stay in the house and the only time you're gonna go out is basically to make a public appearance or to sing at a concert and that's it. Um, and they're at this party, and this dude walks up, and he's he's hitting on Weiss, which isn't uncommon. Uh, and he, like, kind of starts talking shit about Beacon. Like, everyone's like, yeah, no, they kind of deserve what happened to them. Serves them right for not, like, having proper defenses. And Weiss just, like, she goes off on him in the middle of the party. And, like, not just him. Like, she tells off everybody in the party. Like, you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're all sheltered. You weren't there. Like, that... Oh, she... Yeah, like they didn't. Yeah, she gets them out first. Yeah, like and... he doesn't go off on them until uh, she overhears that one bitch. Yeah, like she she goes off on basically everybody there and accidentally summons a, a boar that charges her, and like Ironwood happens to be there and shoots it in the head. And I think everyone's like, "Yo, like she's crazy." Escort her out, and Ironwood's like, "No, she's the only one here that's making sense." Yep. It was like it was a huge moment for her character, and that that was honestly the moment where I was like, "All right, yeah, I really like Weiss now." It was a great moment, and fuck her little brother. Oh my god! Oh, Holy he's shit. a dick. He's, he's a such huge a shit. Dick. When he greeted her in the hallway, and like he was like, "I just want you worried about father," and she's like, "Thank you," and I'm like, "No, don't thank him. He probably has ulterior motives." You know, you know who he reminds me of, and Tammy, I actually don't know if you understand this. He reminds me a lot of Gene from Bleach. <laughs> I hate her brother. Yeah, um, I see the resemblance. All right, if I did, no. never mind. I, I'll just uh, we'll later another Gein, podcast. Gene is a. Um, I also I love Weiss's butler because he's based on the Seven Dwarfs and has seven different personalities. Yeah, it's I kind saw of that. adorable. <laughs> I um, loved him, Clyde or Klein. Uh, I think it's Klein. I think it's Klein. Yeah. But um, but yeah, her butler was cute. Um, yeah, no, I think, and I loved how when she finally was able to, to gain control over her semblance, mm-hmm. I was just like, bruh, oh my god, yes. I, <laughs> I love her so much. Since we're talking about, uh, I guess this kind of ties into what I was saying, Winter was another character where, like, initially, like, initially i didn't want to like winter like just from her initial appearance she was like man she seems like kind of a bitch um yeah i mean she's based on the ice queen so i guess that's to be expected but like almost immediately she goes from like real bitch to like oh this is one of like the two people in the world outside of beacon that actually cares about weiss uh yeah and it's like 
don't know, I give them real props for like how quickly they changed my opinion of this character who I did not want to like. She's she's a good sister to Weiss. She is. I would love to see more screen time with her and Crow because there's definitely sexual tension there. Yeah! <laughs> Me too! I'm glad I'm not the only one. Oh, ah! it's super obvious. <laughs> Like they'd they, be cute. they'd be super fun to watch on screen. They would. They'd be the couple who's always arguing. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't get around to asking Belle, but do you have a favorite ship in Ruby? I don't ship What the anybody. fuck is that noise? That is Belle stretching. I don't ship anybody. No. You don't ship anybody, it's because you haven't gotten far enough in the show. No, I just I mean, I didn't even ship Pierre with anyone. I just... You don't. Sh you didn't ship Pierre with Jean at all? No! What happened? Could not whoa, at all. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? I take offense Bitch, to that. Get the fuck out! <laughs> no, I did not ship them at Why? all. Like, whatsoever. I didn't... No, not at all. I take offense to that. I ship Pierre with success. Whoa! <laughs> That's it. Whoa! Damn! Don't be that dissing so the boy Jean like that. She just straight up shit talk Jean. Damn fighting words. I'm, I told you, Shapira is like the only character that I'm fond of, like, at all. Join us next week when you hear me and Belle having a fist fight for 30 <laughs> minutes. Join us next week where Belle's not a part of the fucking podcast. <laughs> I knew Ruby was where it was going to end. I came I came over to Robin's house today, like, I'm probably not going to be a part of the podcast when I leave today. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I mean, you just started season four, and... I said this before, but up until that point, Jean is one of those characters who isn't particularly likable. He's uh, he's inept and kind of a goof and mostly comedic relief. He has a few moments of like good character where like he shows his potential, but prior to season four, they they don't give him much. So I, I can't blame anyone for not liking him prior. Honestly, to that. I was really glad. I mean, you know, Montiel rest his soul. He is amazing, but. I'm so glad that they um, they stopped doing so much of the anime tropey shit. Yeah, the, well that, that was I I don't it was remember. So cringy. I don't remember if it was you I was talking about with this, but um, Monty Ohm was one of the first people to realize that when you're doing a 3D anime, um, there are things that just won't work as well with the medium, and there's things that will work better than if you do it with 2D. And a lot, of, a lot of the time, people don't recognize that. They try to recreate a 2D anime with 3D software. And when you do that, you're going to draw a direct comparison. You're going to make a fight between what does it better, 2D or 3D. And almost every time, 2D will win. Monty Ohm recognized this and was like, all right, what can we do with 3D anime that would not be accomplished as easily or could not be done better with 2D? And I think that's why they stopped doing so many anime tropey stuff, because it just... It didn't, terrible. Yeah, it didn't work as well in 3D. It just... They they had to figure out how to best use the medium. And I, I really applaud him and the, the team for that. <clears throat> someone, um... Someone should tell the creators of, uh... Fuck, what is that one show called? Um, King of Prism. That... Yeah. <laughs> The, the other thing, like, <laughs> not, not to make this podcast about 2D versus 3D anime, but I guess... How the fuck did this shit get a 3 out of 5 stars on my <laughs> anime list? Um, I'm sorry. Sorry. The, the thing... One thing people don't realize is, like, 
people use like CG and anime a lot more than it's realized. It's one of those things where if it's done well, you won't ever notice it. And if it's done terribly, you will only ever notice the faults. So it's kind of a lose-lose when you're doing CG or 3D effects with anime. But the, the problem that a lot of shows make, or the, the mistake a lot of shows make, is that instead of doing something like Kill a Kill does, where like they'll do backgrounds in CG, and like everything looks like that, or like they'll do certain scenes where like it's very subtle how they used to CG and Kill a Kill in other shows. Other whereas a lot of other animes will jump back and forth and it makes this visual whiplash where like you can tell that something is off and then it goes back to 2D and it makes it really jarring. It's it's a matter of how it's done. Yeah, it, it, it shouldn't be something that like you jump back and forth. If you're going to use 3D in the anime, it should be interwoven with the 2D throughout the course of the show, not for certain scenes. Yeah. Uh. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so we actually are coming up on the 30 minute mark. We are past the 30 minute mark. <laughs> um, so we're going to call that an episode. Uh, do you guys have any other, other things you want to say? Do you want to diss any more of my favorite characters? Do you want to diss my wife, Yang? My wife is Pyrrha. You can't, so... you can't diss Well, Yang. my wife is Yang. alive. Honestly, Yang's freaking... Hold on, hold on a second. Hey! Hush! Cassie! Oh my god. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> you were uh, saying final thoughts on gang sorry um was that you can't i mean honestly if you don't like yang you're trash i'm just i'm gonna title this episode yang is best girl <laughs> yang because yang honestly she pulls through her situation so well she's she was given proper time to grieve she was given proper time to to get her shit together and then she went and looked for Ruby and she did yeah. not get she she didn't get sidetracked like even when her mom was like you can stay here and I'll tell you everything or blah 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 this and that about Crow and Ozpin she's yeah. like I don't give a fuck I'm going to look for my sister yeah I, I will say this real quick before we close out the episode I was really glad that they acknowledged Yang's PTSD and that they continue to acknowledge it in the show I was worried that it'd be something where like they they note they acknowledged that she clearly had a post-traumatic stress disorder from what happened with Adam and they didn't just disregard it and sweep yeah. it under the rug. Like you continually see her hand shaking throughout the episode. She is consciously making an effort to be more calm so like that thing doesn't happen again. And I'm really I really have to applaud the writers for how they handled that. Um Yeah. But that's that's gonna be it for this episode. Uh, so until next Yay. time, we'll see you guys later. And happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I won't say a name this time because Tammy will get upset with you. You anybody. But happy birthday. <laughs> Whoever's birthday it is. Whoever's birthday it is. Looking at you, Alex. All right, we'll see you guys later. Mm -hmm.